0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas. I'm here with Aaron Lasher and Brent Trademan from Bread. Hey, guys.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, it's going great. So, breadapp.com. so we've had you here on the podcast before, and uh, you were kind of in a different, uh, different zone and a different mode of development. You've gone through a rebranding process. You have an imminent ICO. Uh, talk to me about some of the progress since the last time you were with us.
2: Sure. So, hey, how are you? This is uh, Aaron Lasher. And just a little background about the company. Uh, we were founded in uh, early 2015 which for anyone who's been in the Bitcoin world that long was really uh, a tough bear market uh, scenario. And we always believed that Bitcoin and digital currencies were going to be a really big deal. So, so this time right now is pretty exciting, pretty, pretty gratifying for us uh, to see the, the world waking up to this phenomenon. And uh, everybody on the team is getting constant uh, emails and communications from people who they've uh, spoken with Bitcoin about in the past and uh, it's clearly, it's going mainstream. And this is just, this is wonderful in general. So everyone's uh, super excited. In the meantime, Bread went through a period of introspection and realized that the ecosystem was going to be much bigger than just Bitcoin. And many people came to this conclusion before we did. I think we were actually a little, a little slow to, to get the tune. Um, but we now have a pretty, uh, I think we have a pretty good idea of what the future is going to look like. And that is one in which uh, many assets will be will be digital, uh, many financial instruments will be tokenized, and so we are trying to lead the way in uh, in providing a a digital asset portfolio management tool. I know that's kind of a mouthful, but there actually there aren't a lot of ways to make it shorter. And so, what, part of that is recognizing that um, even though many of the early stage or early ICOs uh, were a little uh, surprising and made people uncomfortable with how much money they raised and how how little had actually been developed. Very quickly, we've seen the industry mature, and all of a sudden, uh, investors or participants are, are widening up. Uh, the teams are getting better, and I think that there's a shift from these more conceptual stage projects into more um, startups, and that's where Bread falls. So, so Bread is a venture-backed startup. We're based in Switzerland. We have uh over uh, o- almost a million customers in over 140 countries we're protecting billions of dollars of bitcoin on behalf of our customers and uh we have we have equity investors and so because of that it, it holds us to a higher standard in terms of what we do and the management decisions we make and as a result uh we we decided to undergo the process of a of an ico or a token sale uh we're in the middle of that now we're, we're very excited about it and you know, hoping to speak a little bit more about that but uh it uh it's just very interesting to observe how the how the industry has shifted and i think we're really in the sweet spot for a company that is early enough to benefit from a token sale uh and to benefit its users but also mature enough to reduce some of the the risk inherent in a lot of these uh, a lot of these products
1: okay and so uh talk to me briefly for for those of us who uh you know maybe haven't uh, heard a whole lot about your platform before could you just Could you just speak a little briefly about you know how would the average person interact with your app and uh, you know what would they use it for
2: Fred's secret sauce is that it's been designed for the average user, and the way that we've grown so far is by enabling people who really love Bitcoin to introduce other people in a super simple and secure way. So our product is an app on iPhone and Android, which is important because most people don't realize that their smartphone is the most secure device that, that they own. And, uh, it's implemented correctly. You can store an enormous amount of digital currency on your phone very safely and bread. Uh, I think, I think qualifies as a, as a place where you can do that. So we've, we've, we've grown with this model and, uh, and the, uh, the uptake has been really, really viral. So we have these power users that, that keep, uh, keep introducing the, uh, introducing the product and that, that took us to where we are today where we're looking to uh to really expand further into the mainstream and uh always keeping in mind that we have to be simple and secure so that it's accessible to everyday users.
1: Yeah, and simplicity really is the name of the game when it comes to uh wide scale adoption. You know, there's there's this tipping point that we're rapidly approaching. Uh, I'm not sure that we're there yet uh, but there's going to be this point where we hit the early majority uh, in the kind of development arc and you know uh, con- trying to explain to my uh, my grandmother uh, what Bitcoin is uh, right now is very difficult uh, and let alone how to you know buy it and use it for things uh, that's even more difficult and so the more barriers you can take away uh, the the person who makes this as simple as you know pulling out a piece of paper from your pocket and handing it to someone and that's an exchange of value which is what we do with fiat the first person that can make it that simple uh, ultimately is going to win uh, and so it sounds like you're you're kind of marching us more towards that simplicity I'm I'm on your website right now and I'm taking a look at it and and it and it does look like a, a very simple clean app. Uh, that almost anyone can understand. Tell me about some of the research that you did in order to get this simplified down uh, to where it is.
2: Sure. So so the, the, the original implementation of the app was super-duper basic and minimalistic, and it was uh, created by our founder, Aaron Boisin. So that's all that credit goes to him. Uh, it was done so in an environment where most Bitcoin users were highly technical, and most Bitcoin wallets were uh a little freewheeling, sort of a kitchen sink model where they had lots of lots of functionality and features, but not everything worked all the time and it was definitely not uh intuitive to somebody who didn't know Bitcoin. So the uh the original implementation was very simple. It just had a send screen and a receive screen and uh all you had to do is write down 12 words to be secure and you were good to go. Now we still uh we still abide by that because we got a lot of great feedback from customers who felt a breath of fresh air when they encountered the wallet i was one of them i was i was one of the earliest bred customers and we've we've been engaged with them ever since so we've been really really tuned in to what customers think about the app and what they think about other apps and uh, we've taken a lot of that into account and that's what led to the rebranding so the app is now fully redesigned still super simple uh, but we have added some features, and we have a, a bit of a yin yang uh, philosophy. What I mean by that is, we give people options, but there's usually only two. <laughs> so you can now you can send a Bitcoin transaction, and you can choose a fee, and it'll be either fast and expensive, or uh, slow and, and cheap. And uh, we we give people options like this throughout the app. You can either connect directly to the Bitcoin network, or you can tether it to your node, and so on and so forth. And so anytime we expand the functionality we always want to make it really easy for customers to just use the product without having to make a choice. But for those people who do have an informed opinion and want to make a choice, that choice is available.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, hey, I, like the, the either or go ahead, Brent.
3: Yeah. Hey Josh, this is kind of a funny story. I'll just tell you a real quick story. So I was speaking at a uh, crypto event in uh, Chicago um, maybe a week or two ago and I just did a quick poll, and we do this from time to time. You know, we'll go to events all around the country and the world and just you know, get feedback from users and kind of feel out what they want in the app and where it can go and where our vision's going. Um, but really, one of the things about us is that we're decentralized. We really don't know anything about our customers, so we can't poll them. We can't email them, and there's a lot of um, you know, pluses and minuses about being decentralized, right? So um, we just go in the community and we get feedback. And I, one of the things I ask when I speak to people is just a you know, quick show of hands. Who has Bitcoin today? Who has it on exchange wallet? Who has it on a, um, a decentralized type wallet? Or um, It's just interesting. To, in, back to your point, people don't understand a lot of things and there's a lot of education. We're constantly being thought leaders in the industry. But when I uh, teach and, and go around in these uh, different uh, areas, it's just it's amazing that, you know, people just um, don't know some of these things. And if by telling them then they say, wow, wow, you know. I shouldn't keep my money on an exchange wallet or I need to put it in a different place or a more secure place and just, you know, teaching and those types of things, which are super interesting. But one of the things I often ask is just, you know, raise your hand. Who has Bitcoin today? Who has, um, who doesn't? And, you know, to Aaron's point, how easy we make this to use literally while I'm speaking, I say, Hey, if you download the bread app, I can, you know, send you your first couple bits so you can see it. Um, The best part about our app is the simplicity and easy on ramp to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So, you're right. I think you nailed it as the first company that becomes more global in doing this in many different geographies is going to be um, in a really good spot in a couple of years. Um, people download the app and they don't have to do a KYC or they don't have to take pictures and selfies and all that kind of stuff in the audience. Literally, they download the app. They can do peer to peer, no buying or selling of Bitcoin, just peer to peer transferring um, with me on my phone within seconds. So up and running within seconds after downloading it from. Um, Apple or the Google store, um, they can have Bitcoin on their phone and trade it among friends. So that's what's really unique about our product and how decentralization and um, our foundation of kind of where we are as an app um, really leads to Bitcoiners and people in their community just saying, hey, here's a really easy one to use. Back to your comment about your mother, or your father, um, or grandmother. Um, it's really just a really easy way to get onboarded. And I feel like that has really been our driver as a company. And has gotten us to where we are today, um, and are uh, people just spreading that organically?
1: Well, talk to me now about some of the the challenges that you've run into. Uh, you know, how long? First of all, you said bread has been around for about two years, uh, and and I'm sure that it hasn't been all you know roses and ice cream sundays the entire way. Uh, you know, were were there any points uh, along the way? where uh, you felt like maybe, maybe this company was not going in the right direction or you know, maybe this was going to all fall apart on you. Can you take us to some moment like that where, where there was kind of a panic and tell us how you got through it?
2: Yeah. Um, we, did, we did actually have a period where we were, we were trying to raise a, a, um, a venture round and it was – I think it was 2015 – um, so Bitcoin had ticked up a little bit from 2014, but it still wasn't, it didn't have this momentum. And we all really foresaw the day when it would. So, so right now what's happening, it feels like a flashback because we've talked about this time. We said, it's good. This is going to happen. It's going to go up. The price is going to go up. People are going to go crazy. They're going to realize how important it is to control your own money. Banks are going to get scared and, and people or, or co-opted. It's, it's all, it's all a story that's been told, but I, I have to admit when you're when you're in the daily grind and you're just trying to build something that you really believe in uh, there were times when we just wondered not whether it would happen but but whether we got the timing wrong and and many companies did so there are there, are, there is a graveyard of Bitcoin startups that 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 embodies the number of companies that tried and failed and I think a lot of them uh, just didn't get the timing right, or they weren't they weren't careful enough with their funding. So 2013 was a very dangerous year to be a Bitcoin company because if you raised money really easily and you thought that that was the time that Bitcoin was going mainstream, you started spending money on uh, on crazy things and, and sponsoring uh, bowl games, for instance. Not to point any fingers, they're still doing okay. <laughs> and uh,
1: but well, it's interesting that gone. you say that because uh, just to give you a little perspective, 2017 uh it's a dangerous time to start a blockchain related company
2: Absolutely <laughs> uh,
1: There was a uh, there was a Deloitte study that was published recently uh back in November I believe uh and they they did an exhaustive uh survey of all of the blockchain projects GitHub There were 26,000 projects that were started in 2017 uh and of those 26,000 blockchain uh projects Ninety-two percent of them have been abandoned, as in they stopped updating them and they're no longer servicing them in any way. Uh, and wow. so you you can you can kind of translate that roughly to a you know a ninety-plus percent fail rate on uh, blockchain-related companies, even now in 2017, even though we see all of the gigantic ICOs that are coming out and and those sorts of things. You know, just because you touched on this already, and 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 it's still happening, and we can back it up with data. You know, what are your thoughts on this? How do you how do you make this uh, a more stable environment for developers, or can you?
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up. So we're in a kind of a funny position. Um, sometimes you'll find if a startup raises money, uh, the the team will be enthusiastic about deploying those funds, and the investors will try to maybe um, temper their enthusiasm and say make sure you have enough runway um, that's often the dynamic that develops I think with us it's it's the opposite um, so we, we do hold a substantial amount of uh, the company's capital in uh, Bitcoin and digital currencies as part of our strategy we, we recognize that if if Bitcoin goes big um, then we will be big and we'll get a we'll get leverage from that and if Bitcoin doesn't go big well it doesn't really matter anyway because We we rely on that premise. And so right now the company is very well capitalized. And we recently had a board meeting in Zurich and we talked about runway. And it's typical for a startup to keep maybe one or two, uh, in in some exceptional cases, three years of runway um, available uh, in terms of their burn rate. Uh, We're looking at five to ten. And, and so we, we do get pressure from investors saying, hey, you have all this money, you should, you should spend more. Um, we are doing some of that. We're hiring a lot of developers, but uh, we're trying to think really, really long term. And the reason is, you're absolutely right. This is a super dangerous time to be in the Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency space because it, it's easy to get caught up in the enthusiasm and think that this is the way it's always going to be. But I've been through this before and some people will disagree with me, but my personal opinion is that this enthusiasm will end at some point there will be a correction in the markets at some point and there will be a bear market following it and if, if history is any guide that bear market is going to be one to three years so we have to be prepared for that and we really want to be here for the long term and so we're being extremely parsimonious with how we deploy our capital and we just we, we, we make that promise to our users and our investors that the bread is going to be here for for five ten years regardless of what happens to the market
1: well, that's definitely important to know. And uh, so, tell us a little bit more about. Uh, you've got an ICO coming up. Uh, talk to us about that. And knowing that you have enough cash to uh, to be around for you know the next decade is is certainly comforting in uh, in that situation. Uh, so, talk to us about what's coming up.
3: Yeah, I can take that. So, uh, we have a token sale that's actually coming up in two days, seven hours, seven minutes from right now. Um, it's December fifteenth. And uh, in the U.S., uh, we have uh, our bread token being brought to the market. So with that, um, we've done um, probably about six months of work before this date, a ton of uh, man hours and woman hours just getting to where we are. Uh, In terms of getting uh, to your point about just the marketplace and kind of the challenges in the marketplace, I see a huge challenge is that there's a lot of negative connotations around cryptocurrency in general, just because um, it's often termed the Wild West and there's A lot of scams out there and and we just try to set the bar way higher with our token sale um, that's number one doing things like investing in um you know having the right legal advice Um, we have a lot to lose in doing a, a token sale that doesn't go well right so we have equity investors we've got board we've got um you know revenue coming in as our company for the first time ever this year so um, we're building a really big brand and we want to keep that brand at a very high level. So that's one of the, the top things with this token sale. Um, number two is we we didn't want to just do a token sale to have a token. Um, first and foremost, we wanted to change something in cryptocurrency with this unique model. And number one, it's um, stemming around uh, getting access to premium services, getting access to things um, that are discounted using the bread token and getting uh, loyalty and rewards points, which is something we found that is completely lacking in cryptocurrency that uh, traditional banking and, and credit cards and, and just money transfer uh, mechanisms have. So with that, we think a lot of people will copy that idea. Um, we've seen some kind of things pop up around rewards and loyalty um, to users. But um, what's unique, again, about decentralization is that it's um, I'm in charge of revenue of our company. And one of the things that um, we do make money on is not assets under management like the traditional banking. And with decentralized banking, there's really we manage no money. We never touch money. We never touch fiat. We never touch crypto. Um, so with that, um, I can go in depth about that. But at a high level, we, we don't have assets under management like a traditional bank. So we don't make money off their money. We allow our users to make money off their money. So we're connecting our users to financial services offerings through other companies in the Bread app. Um, and using our rewards and loyalty points to uh, benefit our users for doing things within our ecosystem. So that is the foundation of kind of this this token uh, and and where we're going in the rewards program. And we're super excited about it because we're going to be first to market with um, having our users get into these tiers of uh, exclusive access and, and premium services. And some of the really cool things, I'll give you one hint of one thing we're talking about, a thing that I think is completely lacking in cryptocurrency right now is, Um, let's go back to the example of your mother or father or grandmother who wants to, you know, just get into it, whether it's an investment or just to get into it, to be uh, relevant, right? Um, who do you call? How do you get on the phone with somebody? You go to a bank, you go to, you know, you call an 800 number for your credit card. You have somebody to talk to a human. So what we've talked about and what we've kind of started with is just having a heightened, uh, a higher tier of customer support, more of like a VIP customer support. So kind of like how airlines do it, right? With, uh, reward status. Um, if you have a certain number of tokens or if you're uh, a big token or rewards customer, you're going to have eventually, um, I believe is the right thing to do for the company is to have a better level of support for people that are bigger contributors uh, and, and users in and, and the bread platform. So with that, having you know having a, a uh, customer service focused mm-hmm. cryptocurrency company um, is something in our vision. And I think it's something that's really lacking in the industry and something we're super excited about. So
1: you're right about that it's uh you know the vast majority of companies out there you're lucky to find a website and if you can find a website you're lucky to find an email address or a contact form even so you know the fact that you have you know real human interactions that's something that rich and i have been talking about for months you know the again uh the first person to you know treat people like humans and talk to them like humans is is really going to go far in this game and it's just not very many people have done that yet
3: yeah yeah it's funny we have a uh in this token sale which uh we have a telegram link if you know the company uh telegram that's kind of like slack and you know community right so we've got maybe five thousand people in that community just talking amongst themselves and we've got a community manager that is manning that um those hours trying to as as much as possible we're trying to get 24 7 support we've got Um, We paid a company to help us um, in Asia to just help um, in the community and just, you know, answering questions and answers and using our knowledge base to do that. Uh, So with that, it's the 24-7 support is going to be a challenge in this business because it's so global. But the other thing is um, what's funny is people have given us really good positive feedback. Our Telegram community is not just texting. They're actually talking. They're doing video. They're doing audio recordings and they're really interacting. So people are just giving us really positive feedback on that. But I think the next level is we need a support line. We need people. If you're going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars or crypto or however many digital assets, you want somebody to talk to. Kind of like, you know, when you go to your financial advisor, you've got somebody if you get to a certain tier. Right. So those are the types of things that we feel are going to be unique. And the token is going to enable us to to do that, in a, um, even though we're a decentralized company where we don't really know much about our, our customers.
1: That's great. And so uh, by the time this podcast is published, your ICO will be live. Uh, Tell uh, tell our audience where they can go to learn more
3: about it. Yep. So uh, token.breadapp, dot com is uh, the website that has all the information. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. There's Bread Token. Uh, There's our Telegram uh, link on there as well. There's an email button if you want to learn more. Um, but our uh, our token website is token.breadapp.com, and you can read everything about it. You can download our white paper. Um, right now it's in English and in Japanese, and uh, that's how you can connect with us.
1: Very good. Excellent. So Aaron and Brent, uh, thank you very much for coming on and sharing uh, your updates on the Bread app. The, the new look is very slick, and uh, I have no doubt the ICO will be successful. Uh, one more time, that link is token.breadapp.com. Brent and Aaron, thanks very much for being on here. Do you have any final thoughts before we go?
3: No, it's our pleasure. Thank thanks, you. Josh. Appreciate Thank you having for us. having us. Yeah,
1: appreciate it. Excellent. That'll do it for today. We'll see you next time here on the Future Tech Podcast.
0: The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018.